Hi everyone and welcome to episode 2, season 1 of everything you need to know about workplace, mental health, psychosocial safety, well-being and mental health and healthy culture. Okay, so today we're going to talk about workplace mental health and the misunderstood um, requirements that are critical to get right if you want sustained results. So before we start, do connect with me, Ranjita Singh, on LinkedIn, workplace, um, sorry, World Congress speaker and founder of Enable.org. So let's um, let's talk today a little bit about workplace mental health and the crucial requirements that are often misunderstood. So mental health needs a healthy culture, first and foremost. Now, most people think culture is something intangible, something fluffy in the cloud that you can't really manage that well. And a lot of people might go to Google and see what it says and try to implement it that way. But that's about as effective as trying to Google how to do heart surgery. So this is a specific construct and decades of um, research has gone into this. So before we talk about what mental health requirements are and what a healthy culture is, I just want to highlight that the most commonly misconstrued synonymous word with workplace mental health is psychological safety. Now psychological safety does not equal mental health, psychological safety does not equal healthy culture, and psychological safety is not the same as psychosocial safety. And we're going to talk about what all those constructs are and what they are not, and how they all play a part in workplace mental health in a little bit. But very, very simply, the most important thing to really get behind and to understand is that psychological safety is just referring to the safety in team dynamics and speaking up and this all came about by Amy Edmondson's work and the reason it's just taken off is because she was doing her PhD about the same time as um, the internet was taking off and like most things in social media they take a life on their own so psychological safety does not mean a healthy workplace Healthy workplace is where employees feel psychologically safe and well and refers to psychosocial safety. So when we talk about a healthy workplace and healthy employees where people um, feel safe coming to work, they feel safe interacting with each other and other places and going about the job and the everyday tasks, that's actually psychosocial safety, not psychological safety. So the underpinning of all of those things in mental health is actually culture. So culture is the living, breathing landscape of an organization, and it establishes a feedback loop, good or bad, which means toxic cultures reinforce themselves and healthy cultures reinforce themselves. So that's the really important thing to remember. It's the breathing, living landscape of an organization, and it's self-enforcing, and it's the long-term game. You're not going to be able to fix or change culture within a week or a month or send someone off to psychological training which is only team dynamics anyway or do some well-being workshops and you fix your culture. The rule of thumb is that culture change takes about three years depending on how good or how bad it is but on average for most places it takes about three years to really get up and going which doesn't mean that nothing happens in that time. It's about small manageable micro betterments 
on a week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter basis. So it isn't that you'll it's three years before you see anything, but to really have that improvement, self-sustaining, it's a long term game. So that's one of the crucial things to understand about culture. So culture comes from leadership first and foremost, but actually once it starts being implemented and established, it turns into a feedback loop and it's about the stories, the policies, the procedures, the actions, the reactions of employee behavior to all of those things, the employee behavior um, and reaction to leadership, the stories they're told, the policies, the procedure. So it's everything. It's it's your work task and instructions. It's how you interact with each other. It's the tone that leadership sets. It's your um, it's your integration and oneness with with that tone and the values that are set. So it's all of those things. It's dynamic and it's evolving. So you can see why it's a long term game, and it really is a couple of years before things um, really really start to change, and you see any effects of it. So being the most important psychosocial safety culture is not a legal requirement and it's the long-term environment and this is the foundation of everything that happens within the workplace. So think about building a house. Um, First you lay your concrete or whatever your um, foundations of the house are going to be. That is the culture. So you don't get that right and everything else is going to fall over and just be a... um, a downwards wasteful spiral reinforcing itself so you really do need to get that culture right and to do that you need to understand what culture is and that's not going to come from google if you want to do it properly um, or have sustained results so cultures reinforce themselves it's a mis- it's a great misconception that um, low turnover is an indication of a healthy culture it isn't Toxic workplaces also have low turnovers and the reason for that is because it's reinforcing which means that people who are not toxic who come into the organisation will very quickly leave or be pushed out with gaslighting usually. Um, So just the toxic people are left and that's how toxic cultures will reinforce themselves and have a low turnover. And equally healthy cultures will reinforce themselves. So toxic people that come in will quickly either leave and recognize that they um, and be made aware that their toxic behavior is not acceptable or they will establish healthier habits themselves and become non-toxic and the same with toxic people healthy people that come in may well become toxic people if they stay there so turnover is only an indication of a stable work culture either toxic or healthy it doesn't necessarily mean healthy So psychosocial safety culture is a sustained environment of feeling mentally safe. So this is where people that um, may throw workplaces that throw a lot of resources into well-being workshops, you may find that there's a day or two, maybe even a week of that well-being goodness and people are feeling happy and the rest of it. But to have sustained results, you really need to establish a healthy culture before any of those initiatives can have any lasting impact. So one of the key criteria to understand is that systems for culture and people are very different things. So systems are only frameworks for people. It's people that establish the culture, not systems. 
So psychosocial systems are things like ISO 45003 or 45001 um, for health and safety. If you are accredited to either one of these, this does not mean you have a healthy culture and it does not mean you meet legislative requirements, legal requirements for workplace um, health and safety. All it means is that you have the framework in place to help achieve this better. And that's all it means. It is just a system. It does not mean healthy uh, workplace and it does not mean legal compliance. Same with work design. Um, so ISO 45003 is a whole organization framework, whereas work design really is an engagement framework for people. So this is about um, clear goals. It's about ergonomics. It's about um, not having monotonous work. It's not. Uh, it's about high workload. All of those things. So those are systems from for, and it's a very very small part of mitigating psychosocial risk within the workplace. And largely, it's to help engagement within the workplace. Again. It does not meet legal requirements. It is not psychosocial risk management. It's a very, very small tool. It's a system to help you get there in one small area of it. So it's people that make the culture. So you really need to be addressing those psychosocial factors in order to get the culture in place and to have sustainable results and to be meeting your legal requirements. So once you start establishing your culture, it is a long-term gain. So while you're addressing that, you also need to be addressing your psychosocial risks. So this is psychosocial hazard man management or psychosocial risk management. And to um, get a better understanding of the difference between a hazard and a risk, please see my previous episode one um, session on the same podcast. So the legal requirement is for harm prevention first and then mitigation where it's reasonably practicable to do so. So this is the key that a lot of people don't understand. So this is the legal requirement within workplace and it's the only legal requirement of the mental health workplace construct, the psychosocial risk management. So culture is not a legal requirement, psychological safety is not a legal requirement, well-being is not a legal requirement. It's psychosocial risk management that's the legal requirement of every workplace regardless of how big or small or what industry you're in. So the key to understanding how to go about this is it is a high risk activity and like all high risk workplace activities, it requires qualified tertiary qualifications in order to really understand what you're looking at and how to manage it. So uniquely to psychosocial risk management, it requires organizational psychology qualifications and health and safety risk management. Now, a psychologist alone is not going to be able to manage those risks. Risk management is a whole field in itself. It's not going to come from Google. So just having a list of psychosocial risks within the workplace is not risk management. And that's what a lot of workplaces and softwares and consultants do. They'll have a whole lot of risks, um, list of risks and say good or bad and give you some numbers up to it. But that's really only about 20% of psychosocial risk management requirements. So risk managing is about a whole lot more than that. So identifying your risks is only a very small component. After that, you need to evaluate your risks. You need to monitor your risks. You need to know the frequency of which to change those risks. You need to know how to change and assess your controls. You need to know how to change and 
um, assess your residual dr- risks from your role risks. You need to know all of that, and it's not going to come from Google, and it's not going to come from a two-day ISA 45003 course. These are tertiary qualifications. The same way you want to go to surgery one day if you need it, and you want a qualified doctor to have confidence that the right fixes are in place, you need the right fixes in place for psychosocial risk management and you need tertiary qualifications in health and safety risk management as well as organizational psychology to do this and that's what the legal wording of reasonably practicable and foreseeable means if you're a social scientist you're going to have no idea what reasonably practicable is or for what foreseeable is for organizational um, risk in the psychological domain and you're not going and without health and safety risk management you're going to have no idea how to control those risks and you're going to find them wicked difficult um, because you shouldn't be doing them because you're not qualified to do it so psychosocial hazards are psychological and social sources of chronic harm so the important thing here is chronic harm things go wrong within the workplace all the time so that doesn't mean that the workplace has not met its legal duty to mitigate those it just means that's life so it's sources of chronic harm that means long-term chronic harm sources that have not been eliminated or they've not been mitigated so on the psychological front it will be things like ongoing um, changing goalposts it'll be high work demands it'll be um, bad ergonomics it will be um, unclear work instructions those are chronic states of psychological harm risk to people because it's going on over a long period of time so sources of social chronic harm would be a toxic manager or leader it would be a um, bullying colleague it could be sexual harassment within the workplace so these are chronic things that go on for ages and ages and that usually comes about because they are not the right people in place to identify those harms and they're not the right people in place to manage those and that's what happens when you don't have appropriately qualified people and these chronic harms go on and then something serious happens and then an external investigator or auditor will come in to look at your systems to and probably find that you've not got the right people in place to manage it in the, ro- in the first place and therefore it's a legal breach of your obligations. So harm prevention doesn't come from making a list of work design criteria or um, just making lists and then going, oh, this is good, this is bad, sending out a survey. That is a very small part of managing those risks. So if you're just compiling a whole lot of lists from surveys, you're not managing the harm and you're not meeting legal requirements. So it's identifying specific risks. So for example, if a workplace identifies bullying, they've just identified the chronic harm. They've not identified the cause. The cause of bullying is actually quite complex within the workplace. It's very, very seldom um, just a nasty rogue person running around looking for victims. So bullying comes from a multitude. Usually it's multifactorial in the workplace of previous things that have not been addressed. So if you send out, if you make a list of psychosocial risks and on it is bullying and you send out a survey and, P- and the survey comes back with saying, oh, the bullying is rife, that identifying the bullying is not harm prevention or I- specific 
risk identification it's the outcome so it's like um for example being really healthy is uh, physically unhealthy sorry it's not because you ate that one mcdonald's it'll be a multitude of things it's it comes from your sleep it comes from your eating it comes from your drinking it comes from alcohol it comes from smoking so all of those things will result in good or bad physical health the same way bullying is not your risk that you've identified it's the outcome of a multitude of things so people that just go off and download risks and send out surveys to say is this or is this not here that's not psychosocial risk management that is not meeting legal requirements and that's not going to result in workplace mental health so qualified organizational psychology and health and safety risk management is the only way to get legitimate requirements in place for legal health and safety management of your psychosocial risks because without that you're not going to be able to reasonably practicably assess criteria or foresee criteria okay so the most misunderstood miss used construct in the mental health workplace um, area is psychological safety that we talked about before so psychological safety is just is talking about team dynamics and the safety and speaking up and safety in making mistakes and safety in experimenting within that team and that is all it is it does not meet any legal requirements at all so other than psychological safety, well-being is by far the most misunderstood workplace mental health criteria. So well-being also is not a legal requirement and it cannot be sustained unless psychosocial risk management and harm prevention is first put in place on a sustained culture of psychosocial safety. So if you haven't addressed those two factors first and you're throwing all your resources or significant resources towards well-being, it's just wasted money. So well-being does not equal mental health. And to highlight this, there was a study done by McKinsey and Company, a global study last year. And what they found is even though there's an all-time high in organizational commitment to mental health, what these places were doing was throwing all their resources at well-being. And what they found is that distress and burnout was just as high as ever. So all these well-being initiatives were just not having um, hardly any effect at all. And the reason for that is because well-being does not mitigate or lead to mental health in the workplace. Culture and psychosocial risk management does. And it's elimination first and then mitigation, which is a field in its own self, risk management. So when we've got chronic stress within the workplace, we've got ill-being in the individual suffering um, psychological distress. The legal requirement is to first eliminate where reasonably practicable and then mitigate and minimize those harms. And that is all the legal requirement is. Now, when we remove the harm or mitigate the harm, all we're doing is taking an ill-being to a place of normal functionality. That removing the harm does not equal well-being. So once we've removed that um, chronic stress that's the legal requirement all we're doing is achieving normal functionality well-being is something that needs to be built on top of that and it's its own construct it's not 
Um, again, this is not if you want to do it well. It's not going to come from Google says get fruit bowls and have casual Fridays. That's just not sustainable well-being. So well-being has to be built on top of um, normal functionality once harm is removed and well-being is not a legal requirement. And that's really where mental health comes from. So mental health is not one single thing. Um, it is a construct and an end result and it's made up of 80% psychosocial safety culture. So having a safe and well workplace and healthy culture and managing your psychosocial risks adequately for elimination first and then mitigation and reduction. So 80% of mental health in the workplace comes from those two, the culture and the risk management of psychosocial hazards. So if you don't establish those first, things like psychological safety and well-being and mental health is just not going to happen. You're going to end up in um, server fatigue because you're going to be sending out all these surveys for well-being and psychological safety and and whatever you're calling mental health and you're putting all these surveys out. They're not addressing the root cause problems. You're putting fixes in place that are not addressing the actual foundational sources of harm. So you put out more surveys and people get survey fatigue and then you get a reduced number of um, responses. And some a lot of people that are responding are probably just tick boxing anyway. So this is where resource wastage comes in and, and um, inadequate mental health support and employee wellness. If you're addressing psychological safety, well-being and mental health as your primary focus, you're not going to achieve a healthy culture. So healthy culture, psychosocial risk management makes up 80% of mental health. And to really highlight this, the first psychosocial um, safety breach that um, works I prosecuted recently, only a few months ago, cited toxic culture as the cause. So they didn't say it was psychological safety. They didn't say work design was at fault. They didn't say ISO 45003 was lacking. They cited the cause of bullying in the workplace as a toxic culture. So that just really should highlight that you need to be addressing your culture for psychosocial risk management concurrently with actually identifying risk management by um, sorry, risk risks within the workplace from a qualified person and managing those risks by a qualified person. And Google is not a qualification. So mental health isn't just one, any one thing. It's a cumulative result of specific constructs in a specific order. And the other key thing to understand is lead and lag indicators. So lag indicators are reactive to harm. This is where you're wasting up to 80% more resources and it's 80% less effective or efficient. So lag indicators are things like psychological safety, ISO 45003, work design, policies, well-being, engagement, resilience, burnout. These are all lag indicators. They're effective. This is ineffective, sorry. This is where you get stuck in a cycle of survey fatigue. The only lead indicator harm prevention is psychosocial well-being culture. So if you're not managing and identifying your risks at the culture level, then you really are not meeting your legal requirements for psychosocial risk management. So if you'd like to learn more or have a demo on the Enablelog developed software that manages from the lead indicator for psychosocial and well-being harm prevention integrated software, 
then drop us a line on info at enableorg.com or visit our website enableorg.com for more information. This is the lead indicator integrated software as a service to manage for harm prevention, meet legal requirements, manage individual psychological um, well-being, engagement, resilience and burnout prevention as well as psychological safety for better mental health and healthy workplaces. So thanks everyone for joining us. Hopefully that was um, useful and join us again next time for our next session. Bye.